Podcast! Podcasting theme. Oh, it is the podcasting house that we do with people who come and visit. We haven't thought it through. This is your mistake. Let's end the pub now. Good. Right, so that's not the theme tune. We still need a theme tune. We never, by the time we've run out of people we know to invite, we will not have a theme tune. No. I don't really know what to do for a I theme think it's tune. your job. Yeah, it is my job, but I can't think of it. Because I've been doing the other tracks that we're supposed to do. Yeah. Someone's phoning you. Yeah, it's just... Who is it? It's blocked. It's uh, blocked. Who do you think it might be? It's always my work. Really? Yeah. What my they work. Want? They want me to work. Um, well, don't pick it up. <laughs> no, then. exactly. That'd be awful. <laughs> <laughs> ah, we're desperate. We need somebody. So no. today, right... Because we've, we've, had, we've had our award-winning people and all that stuff, and now we've got our band, our new band, mm-hmm. well, re- relatively new, um, because they are also people who do things that are not just what we tell them, and we're going <laughs> to find out what those are, and, uh, and see if they've made the right move by joining our band, and where they really shouldn't have done that, and should have focused on the, frankly, better stuff they were doing before, so <laughs> that's what we'll find out. Emma, hello. Hello. Nick, hello. Hi. Yay. You sound really sarcastic. <laughs> That's just my normal voice. I know, it's difficult to deal with. Because <laughs> people now, they won't remember about like David Baddiel. Yeah. And they'll, they'll think, oh, he's just sarcastic. They won't, they won't even see it in a comedic context. It's my trouble with, in everyday life. Just Is it or not? I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Okay. Well, why don't you tell us about yourself? <laughs> yeah, introduce yourself to the to the indelicates, the, the five or so indelicates fans yeah. listen to the podcast. Why are you better than Lawrence? <laughs> um, I never met Lawrence. I'm sure I've heard lovely things about him. Um, I joined the band. When did I join the band? Oh, it's been ago. a while now, isn't it? Five, some number of months ago. Not that long. Surprisingly, not that long. Uh, and. Uh, yeah, I used to go to school with you, Simon, didn't I? Yeah, I know. It's weird, it's weird isn't it? <laughs> I didn't see you for ten years. Yeah. Because, you know, I thought I was free of all that. Yeah. And then <laughs> and then what's happened? Here we are. Yeah. It's better than seeing people you went to school with at the bank that you bank at. I don't know, I suppose it is. It depends on the person. I mean, certain people, I would Especially imagine that would be really if good. if the person that you see at the bank is someone that tried to get off with you at a school disco... <laughs> But that would never happen. No. <laughs> no one tried and, and to do then, that. And to you me. resisted and and broke his heart forever. And that's the person who cashes your checks. Did he stop crying? I mean, that's when not he was fun, <laughs> is it? Like every freaking time I'm in the queue going, not him, not him, not him, not him, not him, not him. Oh, fuck. Does, it, does, it, does his voice break a little bit when he says, yeah. what? It <laughs> do you want it in 20s, love? <laughs> it, it does. It really does. That's awful. Yeah. That's really tragic. That's why it's good that checks are going out, because I don't want I think, I think anymore. I think that you are personally obligated to be a kind of yenta to that person <laughs> and sort him find him someone. Yeah, maybe. No, no, I'm not joking. I think that is, should be your mission in life. You yeah. should find find a nice, I don't know, bank customer who'll be like, oh, I love the way you count that money out <laughs> and, and take it from there. Yeah, maybe. How does he look? Um... I still wouldn't. <laughs> well, I would hope not. You're married so, to me, yeah. but you know, yeah. if you Definitely weren't, made the right choice. no, no, I don't know. Yeah, but with someone else, someone think, for everyone. I think surely. possibly someone who'd like a nice man. Describe you know, him. A How's nice his, man. What's his, he's, uh, he's taller than he was, which is obvious. Obvious, he would be. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> when was this? He was a bit chubby at school. And he's lost that. 
Not really. He's definitely prone to the chubbiness, but not in a, not necessarily in an, in an unattractive way. He's kind of portly. Yeah, portly's good. Yeah, portly works. Yeah. Is he likely to be listening to this no. podcast? Uh, well, not unless definitely he really not. really <laughs> has taken it that far. Definitely not. I'm just saying. But, I mean, I'm assuming, assuming he's single because of you know him being I sad when he counts for money. Bank. Well, I'm not. It's not because of that. I know people who work well. Depends on the bank. Um, <laughs> But you know, I just I just think if you if there is anyone listening who fancies a bit of a bank clerk from Lewis, from Lewis or Brighton, Brighton. So which bank do they need to go in? HSBC. So if you're a single, HSBC. if you're a single looking for love, yeah. maybe you're thinking, oh, it's getting a bit late. I could really do with some children. <laughs> just, <laughs> then the HSBC in Brighton. You might be there's a dude married. In there. It's quite possible. He probably is. You're yeah. just a very self-centered, arrogant woman who just <laughs> possibly who just sees lust when there's just. Slight discomfort. His voice did definitely break when I. It does definitely break when I. Maybe he's got some kind of disease in his voice box. <laughs> maybe he's got voice box cancer, and you are the most evil person in the world. Oh, maybe. Yeah. <sighs> I'm disgusted. <laughs> just... Emma, tell us about yourself. Hello. Um, I didn't go to school with either of the indelicates. No. no. Um, probably for the best. Isn't too it? young, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Not by much. I don't know, are you young enough that we, we could just overlap? You'd have been in like year eight when I was in the sixth oh, form. Probably, yeah. yeah. Well, older than Al, though, right? Hmm? Are you about the same age as Al? Oh, older, maybe. Or, I, can't I, remember, I can't remember how old he is. It's <laughs> terrible. I've known up. him since he was born. and that's <laughs> done, But I can't remember how old I am, so that, that I'm 33, maybe. Mm, I am, so it must be right. Yeah. Oh, no, it's the, whatever number is at the end of the year is how old I am. Ah. So if it's a yeah, three, it's, it's a easy three. easy way to remember. Yeah. And Alice is five years younger than me, so he'll have just been... 27. No, he'll have just been... No, he must be the same age or a bit younger. No, I think you are the youngest yeah, in the band. the youngest in the band. The baby. I answered a Facebook advert. That's yeah. how I got into the band. Yeah. I was really, that was really pleased with how that turned yeah. out. I was like, I haven't sat behind a drum kit in four years, but I'm obsessively familiar with your body of work. <laughs> <laughs> and it seemed to work out. Yeah, works out fine for me. I'm really pleased because like, we we were, we did have this crisis where, I mean, we had to sack the band. I mean, as I said, they they would say that they'd quit the band, but I I, I think that would be, uh, well, true but um, <laughs> arrogant. And so uh, yeah, but then we thought we'd just get a new band by by asking mm-hmm. on Facebook if there was anyone, and amazingly it worked, which I'm very surprised about. Because I was quite impressed with your social media skills. I have to say, because yeah, that yeah. probably would not have happened if I'd done it. Well, you are a, a less likable. Mm. No, it's not. You're a bit fierce, though. I'm a bit fierce. People are a bit scared of you, I think. Yeah. I was more scared of Simon before I knew you yeah, guys. Sometimes it's weird, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. We're, not, we're not remotely I'm scary. pathetic and limp sort of man. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Ferocious and angry like I come across. I'm yeah. probably much more vicious than Simon is. Yeah. In person, yeah. yeah. Not not intentionally. It's just it's just something that's left over, I guess. Left over from what? From prison. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, we saw the women leaving the Lewis prison yesterday. That was funny. Mm. We were trying to work out if they worked there and if they didn't, or or if they they were visiting. But I think they were visiting. They They looked really happy. They were like, "Yay, we've been in the prison." I don't think they were like. I don't think they'd just been released. I think they were visiting. They they didn't old enough to be wives. No. Oh, I don't know. They looked old enough to be wives. I don't know. They did sort of like come streaming out as if it was like the end of school. Yay, leaving the prison. It was just quite weird. Um, yes. All right. Should we play a song? I don't know. What are we going to do? Because we've got we, you all both going to do things for us, aren't you? Um, of, of other things which have nothing to do with the band, which I think is cool. Mm-hmm. And we're going to play things. Is there anything we need to talk about? Like, because we, because this is the future. Obviously, this is like a month from now. 
what, what's going on. Well, we hope you're enjoying your DLC. <laughs> Will that be out by now? I expect so. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So, uh, hope you're enjoying that. Um, anything else that's happening in in the middle of October? Um, well, it's your birthday. Yeah, it's my birthday. This is probably going out on my birthday. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. Thanks very much. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, <laughs> so that whole stuff where I was saying my age, that's not true anymore. Yeah. In in the present, which is actually the future. Yeah. <laughs> ah, mind blown. Um, anything else in October? I don't think we're doing any gigs in October. We've already viewed there's a gig in December. There's a gig in December, which is the 13th of... It's Friday the 13th. The second nice. Friday the 13th yeah. of this year, I think. This Today's one. one. Today's Today one, is yeah. One. Um, that means Insidious 2 comes out. I saw an advert. Yeah. That's good. Um, that will be at the Camden Head. And Come that to that, because be Camden Head one's always the best they're ones. They're always really good, the Camden Head ones, yeah. You wouldn't think they'd be the best ones, because it's sort of above a pub in quite a small room, but they're always the best they're ones. They're always really good, yeah. yeah. That's um, true. And um, we'll be playing... We I expect we will play at least one seasonal song. Really? Yes. Like which one? Well, I don't know. Oh. We will probably work it out. Better learn some. Yeah, we all, we, I mean, you know, we are quite familiar with Fairy Tale of New York, but we've, that's a bit oh, old. I think it's, yeah. Now. We've done that quite a few years running. Well, I mean, it, it, it sort of works with the thing. Yeah. Because of the band being basically a rip-off of it. Yeah. In its conception. Yes. Um, <laughs> I remember playing that in Germany because you didn't have enough songs and having to play it. Because in Germany, like you, people don't realise the first time you go that they expect much more from a set than they do in, like in, if you play London for like a year and every set is like half an hour and then you go to Germany and they're like an hour and a half otherwise they're quite annoyed with you so we were like playing everything we could possibly play and then getting to the end and they were still going they were like going more but they weren't going yay we really like that do some more they were going do some more <laughs> <laughs> we played Fairytale of New York so like, oh, which, which one should we just play again yeah. and then just playing Fairytale of New York which we'd, from, like, which we'd all forgotten from a year previously yeah. and um that was really bad. Yeah. And managed to leave every gig on a slightly sour note with <laughs> people irritated and, and leaving with that. But I don't think it worked. Yeah. Have you heard the Bob Dylan Christmas album? I have. I love the Bob Dylan I know. It's great, isn't it? I yeah. listen to it all year round. Yeah. <laughs> I listen to it far too much. I like start listening to it about September, October. Right. Like building up to Christmas. And then I listen to it far too much over Christmas <laughs> and I'm sick of it for sort of January, February. And then it sort of comes back in the spring. That's yeah, so much right. it's a great album. I mean, because like, cause if you've got that and the Johnny Cash Christmas album, oh, you, like, oh, I'll send you that. It's good. It's amazing. It's like Johnny Cash Christmas album. Oh yeah. It's like it's like Johnny Cash in his cheesiest years before he was rescued by Rick Rubin, and he's just it's all the he's all sort of like like the, my favorite thing in the world, which is like wistful country backing with spoken word stuff over the top. And that little boy, you, you suffered that Christmas, and he looked up in the sky, and there is all that stuff. It's amazing. <laughs> Kind of like, like Red Sovine, who's amazing, does the Red Sovine's brilliant, yeah. Have you heard Phantom 49? Phantom, Phantom 309. Phantom 309 by Red Sovine. Because Red Sovine is like, he's like the principal exponent of like trucker country. So all his songs are about trucking, and there's like the woman behind the man behind the wheel, that's a great one. Um, but Phantom 309, which is about a ghost trucker, that he's on... <laughs> it's a bit, no, he's like, so the, his, his truck breaks down, and then this other trucker comes, and he's like... When you hop in the back of my truck, young man, I'll give you a lift. Takes him on a lift, and then he goes into a truck stop, and he's like, oh, man, uh, Phantom 309, give me a lift. And the guy's like, he's been dead for the last 20 years, boy. <laughs> and so it turns out he's a ghost trucker. Yeah. Ghost trucker. Red Sovine. I, 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 he is amazing. Once you finish listening to all the Exotica and um, 
and sissy bounce I've been telling you to listen to yes listen and to listen to Red Sovie yeah. and don't listen to any guitar music from the last 10 years because it was all terrible <laughs> and don't listen to any of the Mercury nominees no cause you know you have to pay to be a Mercury nominee pay fuck loads to be a fuck Mercury fuck loads nominee. of money yeah everyone always like just sort of washes over that they're like oh it's fine. Well, and surely you, to, you, you would to, not you get to, people who could, who like, who maybe are really good and desperate and brilliant. Mm. Who just wouldn't be, ever be able to pay for it. But they totally sell it. It's like, oh yeah, it could be anyone though. It couldn't. Just it could be bullshit. one of the two hundred and twenty people with extensive mainstream physical distribution already in place mm-hmm. who paid the large amount of money in order to enter the prize. Couldn't be anyone. Like there was no possibility <laughs> that. Yeah. Like that, you know, our album or Keith's album or anyone who hasn't, because like, it's not only is it the money, which is really it's really expensive to directly submit, but you have to have mainstream physical distribution in place. So you have to find a deal, despite the fact that you know it's like really the, the idea that you need to be selling CDs in like our price in order to be eligible, basically. Yes. And it's which is crazy. I mean, it's like so, and then people report it as if it was news when it's just mm. a big stitch up. Mm. It is rubbish. Should we play one of ours? Do you think? Well, I don't know, because we've got... So, what's been requested? Well, we are nothing alike. That hasn't been requested. <laughs> I can't lie. Fucking hell. Just because you don't... Me and Emma have requested it. I'll give you a pound 50. Yeah, we'll pay 75 pounds <laughs> each. And then you do get to jump the queue, because being in the band. <laughs> I'll just give you that. Well, you can t- give it me in, in theory, and then I'll just pay you back for, like, travel. <laughs> That's true. A train to get down here did cost a little bit more than that. Yeah, exactly. So, though, you're here for other reasons as well, though. <laughs> <laughs> caught out yeah but like I'll cover the £1.50 part you give me the £1.50 now in theory thanks very much there you go and uh, I'll pay you that back in uh, for, well, the, for the small amount of your travel that isn't for the other thing you're doing and um, yeah so now they request it and they get to jump the queue and we'll play <laughs> we got nothing to like which is what they want to play we have got the other ones because Graham has requested Horcrux Baby yeah which, which is, is a joke <laughs> from like 2005 when we thought because I, I oh, I'll talk about that in a minute but like I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute for the moment we're not playing that we're going to play this instead okay I'll put on number 8 
was all right. Yeah. yeah, that's good. That's our new. See, our new band are good, aren't they? They're very good. They just come up with stuff and make us do things like that. That's got like seven, eight at the end. Mm-hmm. Justify that, you wanker. <laughs> no, I think seriously, we need to justify using seven, eight because oh, well. that is not really acceptable in our broad conception of what is allowable. But we wanted to do a vocal round, and that's kind of how it turned out. I guess. Oh no! The only the only justification I think for using seven eight is just forgetting the eighth one. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like when we were recording it, we, we just couldn't be bothered to count to eight because we were too punked. One, two, three, four, um, <laughs> as it is, as it is, it's not allowed. Yeah, Excellent. we are wankers. Yeah, do you want me to ask some questions of the people? Well, okay. So this let's let's plan this out a little bit. We should have oh. done this before. Oh. But so like because we've got two guests, which is which we haven't really done two guests before. No, not, not really. So it's much more complicated because I don't want to. It's like it's like an orgy a little bit. I don't want to leave anyone out. Um, <laughs> have anyone sad? Um, so I think if we f- focus on Emma first, okay. get her sorted out, and then <laughs> and then uh, I, Nick can just wait in the corner and then move on. <laughs> <laughs> Emma, what is it if you were not doing this that you do for for entertainment purposes as opposed to just you know in your life? I'm assuming you eat things, toast, and that. But yeah, they're not yeah. very interesting. Yeah. No, what I do do is I'm part of a feminist burlesque collective called Lashings of Ginger Beer Time. Excellent. Um, and what does what does that mean? I've been doing it for five years. You'd think I'd be able to explain in a short, pithy sentence what would, it means. That would help with press. Yeah, wouldn't it just? Um, mostly, we mix politics with playfulness and write filthy words to other people's songs. Um, cool. Or geeky stuff. We do a lot of geeky stuff. So there's um, there's like a song about um, there's like a song about Willow and Buffy and how sad it was when she died. Well, when Tara died and Willow went mad, and it was all a bit gruesome. That was really sad. Yeah, it was. It was really gruesome, and we were all like fourteen-year-old queers, and we were like, "This is our role model." I think Buffy the Vampire. Were you angry to with Joss Whedon? Because I remember there were a lot of people who were like, "Oh, you've given us a, le- a believable lesbian relationship, mm. and then you've spoiled it by death." Well, I don't know if I was a bit I was sad. Definitely sad. Like because that always happens. Is yeah. the thing like you get any kind of like representation, and you're like, "Yeah, I could." I could just like identify with this character and then like like Beth on Brookside before my time <laughs> but I, that, oh, that was Anna Friel in a big blue jumper something like that yeah yeah, well, yeah, cause, yeah that was the big lesbian kiss yeah. when I was yeah. younger it was, it was a big deal <laughs> And uh, cause, but then it turned out that she like killed her dad and buried him under the patio because because, because she's lesbian. a lesbian exactly yeah. which is what they do <laughs> what's under your patio <laughs> exactly <laughs> so um because burlesque, mm-hmm. I, what what part of it fulfills that description? Because mm-hmm. uh, people, um, what is it? What does it? Mark Camo called it stripping with A levels. Is it stripping? There is stripping. There in is it. stripping in it. Um, but I think it's. I think the thing with burlesque is that most people hear burlesque and they think neo burlesque. They think Dieter von Teese and nipple tassels. Because it's not really that, is it? And actually, yeah, burlesque is a kind of like it has it like. We've, we've, we've talked about seven eight, so we've kind of set the tone for wanky. So I can just mention briefly <laughs> that burlesque. No, no, we, 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 can, we have no longer got moral authority or wankiness because <laughs> of that. So that's why, that's why I'm going for it. because yeah. it starts out as more like a literary form, like burlesquing something yeah. is kind of treating it in a either like it taking a, t- talking about a really serious issue by being really flippant about it, mm-hmm. or making humour by 
taking a really trivial thing and treating it really seriously. Um, and that's kind of been around as a sort of art form for centuries. And then you look at it as a kind of Victorian musical kind of thing. You start getting burlesque as a mm. kind of variety show yeah. thing with elements of like pantomime and vaudeville. And so there is kind of, there is sexual content in that because at that point, actually you're being a bit radical by doing talking about certain sexual things that just aren't talked about. Yeah. It's just the way that it kind of changes as it moves over to the States and becomes a very sort of, glitzy kind of music hall and it's yeah. sort of all of the sort of more poli- there's, lots, there's lots of sort of political satire and interesting stuff that kind of gets stripped away and you end up yeah. just with kind of like well I like that kind of entertainment because there are there are ladies and they're not wearing very many clothes Yeah, and so I think we kind of we kind of intentionally you go um, back to before it was spoiled. Yeah, yeah. We're kind of inter- like there isn't a word that is better than burlesque to describe what we do in terms right, of, of dealing with kind of cavalry sort of debased yeah. to the point where it doesn't mean anything and everything. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think I think we kind of fit within the broader umbrella of cabaret, but but kind of you know, but yeah. within within cabaret, we're not circus, we're not magic, we're burlesque, we're a we're a variety show that ties to engage with serious issues by not taking them seriously at all. That was, a, that was very, very good. We got that. Well, I didn't want to say defence, but I was a bit <laughs> accusatory of my question. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the thing. So do you, when does the word start being used then? Yeah, I mean, you hear it. Because I, I, you, you, I, I know that it's this, this sort of verb as well as yeah. a noun, but do you know when that starts? I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a, li- like a, I'm not a literary critic by any stretch of the imagination. I've got an but, MA in that, but wow. I don't know. Well, you get... <laughs> There's a is it William Caxton, the beggar woman. There's there's a poem, yeah. and it was on my GCSE syllabus, which mm. is why I know about it. But that sound that was quite old. Yeah, really old. <laughs> and that gets caught. That's 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 because yeah. it's like so. Like I think you know. I, I mean, like properly long time. Probably yeah. Gone. Yeah, that's, that's really it's, it's, yeah. It's it's got a long history, and so kind of just a little bit teasing it back from people who kind of think of this kind of nineties neo burlesque revival as being everything that it is, and actually. There's a lot more to it than than corsets. That's a bit like cabaret, I suppose, isn't mm. it? Well, cabaret, I suppose, it's a, is, is also burlesking in the, yeah. the mm. bur- it is burlesking things, and we get the um, well, because it's like two ladies in from cabaret being the yeah, yeah. the example of we have that a, kind of we have a version of that which is um, which is about um, like a, a, a queer poly relationship, and it's two butchers, and it's it's just <laughs> it's it's so it's mostly just there for the ridiculous comedy dance routine, kind of like the original in the film Cabaret. Yeah, but then we just like well, seen that on stage. I saw it with um, Alan Maxwell Martin. Okay, um, she we went to with Julian Clary a few years ago, oh. which was it was really awesome actually he because it was BBC. like because yeah. the problem with cabaret when you stage it now is if you get a bunch of drama students, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, well edu- well the kind of person who gets a job in West End theatre, they are not filthy enough to mm-hmm. pull off cabaret. Alan Cumming was pretty good. As, Alan, well, Alan Cumming is brilliant on YouTube. Alan <laughs> Cumming is brilliant, but like um, because Julian Clary was in it, so it was kind of this quite sort of straightforward performance being staged by, you know, very well-qualified, mm. rajery sort of actors. But the fact that Julian Clary was there added this whole layer of, like... He wasn't that great, but the fact that his his presence was so sort of filthy... You need that layer like, of grime. You just believe it, yeah. that Julian Clary it, has been in the gutter. Yeah. Exactly. And, like, that made it much, much better. Yeah. That, that was, was really did help. just amazing. It was a really good Such production, a wasn't it? production, yeah. Properly, like... Because it's not a happy ending, Cabaret. No. Like, and, and the stage production has all the extra songs as well, and there's some great extra songs in yeah. it. Like, kind of... I think stage version's darker, I like it. Really dark, yeah. Just, oh, he gets his ass out in Two Ladies in that, which is, that's mainly why I bring that up. Because <laughs> yeah. so, I'm trying to remember in the film if the ass comes out. I'm trying to picture what happens in, well... I don't 
think we see Joel Grey's ass at any point in the film camera. No, I don't think we do. We see Julian Carey's ass in that part of the film of the stage play, mm-hmm. the two ladies. So mm-hmm. what I'm really asking is, is that in two butches, how much ass is on show? My dungarees stay firmly buttoned up throughout that. Fair um, enough. So are you the MC role in that, um, that um, bit? Um, no, actually the femme um, is the, M- is the yeah, MC so role. Yeah, the femme um, Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Very nice. Um, no, I'm, I'm the sort of, um, the, sort of um, the grimy butch with the sort of dungarees and the spanner. Okay. And then there's a kind of dapper sort of business-like butch. You could be the femme. I didn't, I didn't yeah, want to do that. Totally you could be the femme. Just I depends on the wig, doesn't it? It's yeah. a switch. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what we're talking about anymore. We're still talking about the show. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so do you want to perform something? I could do that. I think that'd be good. We can try and play along. Yeah, all right. Um, so so yeah, bearing in mind, this is uh, from the politically serious... Um, <laughs> Although we have got we have got songs, a Taylor Swift song, so like, <laughs> right, how okay. serious... Like... Well, we'll see, we'll see how serious this is. <laughs> Why don't you explain? All right, so one of the things that... like, I mean, The reason I brought the Taylor Swift song is because we like to do kind of fairy tale stuff and sort of, um, you know, reclaiming those kind of stories that are in kind of popular culture in a, as a kind of common narrative that everybody kind of knows how relationships and happy endings go and they're always kind of very very sort of straight and monogamous and stuff so we kind of we, we do we've got we've got kind of like we've done a couple of pantos that are basically just so a little bit straight down the line here's a queer panto and here's mm. a queer love story um so yeah i guess this is a kind of a little bit like that cool One more way that you could be mine Oh, fist me I don't like nothing better Lead me Up to and over the edge I'll lift your open hand Then curl it in to make a fist And slide it into me Slowly So fist me Anyway, for everybody at home, and they can just imagine how it goes. Which 
which is why are queers why are queers terrible at boxing and the answer is because we think a fist looks like this <laughs> I'm just looking at it here. It's, it's sort of, you know, describe it sort of like uh, naked well, Kermit. It's, 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 well, I could sing the chorus again and that would explain to them how to form this fist. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> Lift your open hand, then curl it in to make a tip and slide it in to me slowly. That's how you fist someone, if you're wondering. That's, that's, is that the filthiest thing we've had on the podcast? Was, was John Seagrave's filthy story filthier? Possibly. Mm, I don't know, because Oliver Spleen didn't turn up, so we haven't done one with him yet. I think he would probably be even filthier if he was we here. We did have a whole show called about sex education last year, so like I wasn't even from that, actually. <laughs> well, so like, there is filthier stuff, but it's not quite as... I don't know, Ollie gave birth to the Virgin Mary out of his ass for a Christmas special once. Mm-hmm. Is it as okay. filthy as that? I'll have to think about it, but... So what's the filthiest thing you've ever done on stage? That's not an appropriate question at all, but I just... <laughs> <laughs> but I think, yeah. I have not ever expelled anything from my anus on a stage. Well, I know. Oh, well, there's you, know, you guys. There's, I'm, yeah, there's, there's I'm, I'm the baby of the group. I've got, I've got years and years I don't yet. think I have either, not even unintentionally. Um... <laughs> I don't know, trying to have been on stage with terrible food poisoning before, but it's never been that bad. I've been to a strip club before, but I've never like got my tears off or anything. Well, perhaps you should. No. The next album? No, not really your thing, is it? Not my thing, no. There's like young you like women who like on. me, but I just don't want them to think. I don't want them to think that that will help them in life. Help them in their music career, yeah, is, which just, isn't directly just, about getting really your kids okay off. I'm not really okay with it. I'm not okay with it. No, it's not. I'm not a prude in the slightest. I just. We have to get your kids off all the rest of the time. Yeah, I just, just on stage. Just not an album like cover. Connection, the connection with youth and sales isn't really gone. It's still there, and that's that probably is problematic for me. We've used the word of the podcast. That's the word of the podcast. We say problematic. <laughs> we sometimes. put it in our uh-huh. problematic, don't yes. we? Yeah, we yes. do. And then and everyone goes, "Oh, don't use that word." Anymore. Oh yeah. Simon goes, "Julia, stop saying problematic, love." Yeah. And then he, she goes, well, love, that's quite problematic. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and then it's a spiral of problematic. I, mean, yeah. I quite like an attic with a spiral in it. Mm. I don't know, I've gone off. Let me ask some of my questions. Yeah, ask, ask, your, ask your emergency questions to Emma, mm-hmm. and then ask the same questions to Nick, and that'll be like a segue. I'm going to ask the one I keep asking people, just because I think it results in an interesting answer. I don't think it does. I, think she, I, th- I don't think it ever has resulted in an interesting really? answer. Sounds like a challenge. But, but, I, but I think one day it will. Okay. <laughs> Would you say you are fully committed to an alternative lifestyle, or do you like some aspects of the mainstream? Who's that? To, to Emma. 
Emma first. To Emma oh, first, right. and then you. <laughs> <laughs> and you have time to think about it. What's the question again? <laughs> <laughs> Would you say that you are fully committed to an alternative lifestyle, if you have one, or do you like some aspects of the mainstream? I try and be committed as far as possible to a, an authentic lifestyle, like as in, in the sense of being authentically what I want it to be and not sort of handed down to me. So in that sense, I suppose, like... Anything, anything where I kind of try and categorise, oh, well, this thing is alternative and this thing is mainstream, and then use that dif- distinction to decide which one of them to do is actually maybe not that authentic. If I'm thinking, oh, I can do these two things, I'll pick the alternative one, isn't actually inherently any better than, oh, here are those two things, I'll pick the mainstream one. Except for, I guess there's a lot of kind of, you get a lot of sort of cultural support to make the mainstream choice. You get like, you know, because... Um, like just at the moment I've just sort of moved out from living with a long-term male partner and that sort of appeared to be quite sort of understandable and mainstream and people kind of thought they knew what that meant and they could sort of see it on a sort of escalator that went on to like like I don't know marriage and babies and stuff that is never ever going to be in my life ever Hmm. um never say never (laughs) (laughs) I always used to say that about myself you haven't got any babies I don't but it's not something I I would not consider I think it is something that does happen. You do sort of, you are convinced of it when you're a bit younger. I, don't know. I, I think that's plenty. Of, I don't think you would ever, you would ever have said that's something that will never be in my life. I think people I know who have said that who are now in their fifties have quite happily really? just gone and they're like, I think Bee's never had children, is he? No, I suppose not. No, maybe Bee will not. never be a breeder, and no. I don't think you're. I don't think you were ever a in that. breeder. I love the term breeder. It's my favourite. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of my favourite slurs. I mean. I, well, I can't say my favourite slur of all, but I'll tell you later. My favourite slur, because to be really good, a slur has to be like incredibly dismissive. It's like a modification of another slur to apply to another minority is how you get a really good slur. But um, but breeder is a good slur for straight people from from the gay community. Yes, I suppose. I approve of that. But yeah, sorry. I'm, you see, I'm now, I'm, now I'm just wanting to be like, well, except it's problematic because. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is problematic. It's a slur. That is, that is what it's for. It's probably that's that's why you have slurs is to be problematic on purpose. Mm. <laughs> so uh, that's what I've I've gone for there. Yeah. But what about you, Nick? You're a breeder, aren't I you? I'd say <laughs> no in answer to the question, which no. was you're not committed to an alternative lifestyle. No, very uncommitted. Yeah. I'm fairly committed to a normal lifestyle. Um, in a way, do you think I am? I've no, no. Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't even really know what the, what a mainstream lifestyle. Well, is. I'm, yeah, I'm perhaps less so. I mean, you have children, but I think yeah. that's yeah. There are people have plenty yeah. of children who are not mainstream. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really have a very good job. <laughs> Does that qualify? Um, I don't have a very good job either. Other people I know, sort of, quite career focused, perhaps. Um, so, yeah. But would you would you ever choose to be? No. I mean, sometimes well, I'm trying I'm, not to. Yeah. I mean, because I'll like sit there going, "Oh, maybe I should have thought, yeah. tried that really hard to do that." And then, but I don't think I ever would have. I'm trying to think in every possible universe. I don't think there is one where. And that's great because yeah, yeah, and 
having known you so long, it's it's great to see that you haven't changed at all. Really, <laughs> I'm still essentially <laughs> an 18 year old, angry <laughs> moron, <laughs> shouting about stuff, complaining. I remember yeah. really struggling to decide uh, to decide what to do when you get asked what you yeah. you know when you get asked to pick things and just kind of going. And, and I remember finishing finishing my first degree and kind of going. All of these jobs at this at this work careers fair thing are exactly the same. They're all nine to five jobs, and they all basically are sitting at a computer all day. And I'm not sure that's really what mm. I want to do. Really, it's odd. Are you committed to an alternative lifestyle, or do you like aspects of the mainstream? Oddly, well, I I like both, don't I? I like, like I'm generally in favour of common ground. So I like finding common ground with people much more than I like sort of. Uh, much more than I like to have difference with people. So, for example, when we go to the States and we go to a place where there's lots and lots of Christians, I like to make sure that I look and behave acceptably because it's more interesting to me an experience to fit in with them and then watch. And By what acceptably, happens. what she means is she wears like a cardigan over her fashionable motherfucker T-shirt. <laughs> that, she's got. So that is the extent of it. She's not like wearing a twin set. She's got, she's got a T-shirt that says fashionable motherfucker and when she sees a Christian, ring. she puts her hand over the motherfucker bit. a ring so that if the question were to arise, I could, you know, wave the ring around. But you'd never change your name though, would you? I wouldn't change my For name just because, because I don't, I, if we have children I wouldn't have a problem with them taking your name it's because you've already got a double barrel name so yeah, you can't give them a, a triple barrel name because um, that's just awful the, uh, this, I did lots of things that I'm proud of with this name and so it feels odd to change it for no really I hate the really idea of changing reason. the name yeah, I don't know really I, just, I wouldn't have liked it but, the, I did, though, that joke but then both of our names but then our name for most purposes is, is indelicate anyway exactly, so. Yeah. so it doesn't really make any difference it's kind of yeah. yeah, it's just for banking. What really. would you have done if I'd said, no, you have to? <laughs> I would have said no. If I'd said, I'm not marrying you otherwise. I would have still said no. Fair enough. Yeah. It's important. Yeah, well, luckily I agree with you. So. Yeah, I think. And Simon explained to me the Ms thing as well. I didn't understand the Ms thing because mm. I'd never really paid that much attention to it. But explained to me the Ms thing, why Ms exists. Mm. And I, I'm now fully in favour of that. That, it makes it makes very good sense. It doesn't I always used to think it was just a, you know, silly idea, but it does make the, the idea that you're not defined by that. Yeah, you have to partner. I think everyone else knows. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I just, I, but yeah, you know, it's been like three years ago that Simon was like, "Well, this is why." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that makes sense." It was only relatively recently that I kind of figured that out and became a mus. Actually, mm. by the by the end of the year, I'm going to become a, a, a mux, which is MX, which is basically the same logic, but yeah. beyond kind of like, why on earth should your title this kind of really archaic bizarre thing that people you know still decide to use sometimes why on earth should that be dependent on your marital status that's really odd yeah. then the thing with mooks is it's the same logic but gender why on earth should a title be tied to gender and it's kind of it's the same kind Plus of nonsense mx is the they used to they used to be a, a suffix for versions of software which is uh-huh. like it was flash mx it was ah. like before, like before Flash Five came out. I think there was like Flash MX. So it's kind of like a cyborg version of myself. Yeah. As well. so, you're, so you're no longer not only are you not tied to gender or marital status, you're no you, we no longer tied to um, modern iterations of your software, <laughs> which is even better, I think. Fantastic. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know which privilege that would be. There's a, I suppose if you current privilege, you're no longer tied to your current version. <laughs> Do you think that? Um just another random question that just, just occurred to me. Um, all of the women that I work with all have sons that um, 
have difficulties, either drug addicts or don't want to work or um, steal mm. or that kind of thing. But like, and most of, well, my family as well, all the male people have loads and loads of problems. Do you think that has something to do with feminism and children being raised by only women and not having a father around and all that kind of stuff? So I can't really work out what it is. All of them have problem sons, all of them, every single one of them. Well, you know, I think I think it'd be better. To, I would rather have a daughter than a son now because of I, I think the future is more likely to belong to women than men. I guess. Uh, it's, I think it's harder for women, but at the same time, I would prefer the struggle. I mean, obviously, there are loads of context reasons why this happens where I work. Obviously, because there are people who like who maybe I don't know have less focus on education and stuff. So it's kind of more about working as well. but like the the descriptions of them are all identical they all have the same basic problems like generally quite miserable quite depressed drink too much take too many drugs don't want to work don't want to do anything don't want to like can't don't yeah. really function yeah. as people at all and can't function at all and it's all their dad's fault well it doesn't the thing is like it doesn't it seems that seems to me to be a, a sort of slightly ridiculous argument but i don't know whether that maybe is are they all People with absent fathers. Sort of no, this is the this is the thing. They don't. They all have fathers, and yeah. all of them are quite beefy fellas. Like, not like my dad. Not really. So, what, what, what's your theory? I don't really know. Because I, I always used to think it was because, because. I just thought of another question. Because women hadn't had yet, hadn't had their time yet to shine, and now it is all open, and is it is all much more about the feminine and not the feminine but you know like yeah. you go out Feelings. you get works and you get you get jobs and it doesn't really matter if you have a child because someone the the state will look after you and help you and and it's kind of all about women really in a way well, i guess i don't know it doesn't feel that way to me but you know it probably is a lot more than it was so you think men are kicking off about this but then they're kicking off about it i think that they are they're just sulking there's a generational yeah. sulk yeah, yeah. Oh. maybe so I'm not. I'm not sure it's something that needs to change. I'm just. It's just an interesting what do you phenomenon. Think, to me. I think that there is a. Like, I mean, I think that. I think that. If, I think that if there is a kind of. Like crisis in masculinity, then feminism is kind of part of the answer to it, rather than causing the problem. Yeah, I think that's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, like, I suppose it's the, the I don't know, CLE's thing that applied. You know, the, the problem with patriarchy, to use the obvious word, is that it doesn't just. Doesn't just damage women, women it damages men as well, men as yeah. well. and that cage like, virgin idea that you know the sexualization of virginity also fucks up men just as yeah. much as it fucks up because they're told to behave in this particular way even if they don't want to behave in that way yeah. but you could become a men's rights activist that would annoy everyone I used, to go to, I used to go to men's fathers for justice um, protests and photograph them I didn't get very many good photographs there uh, too, they're too conscious of the camera. It is a little bit difficult. They're yeah. a little bit difficult. Oh, sorry, yeah. it's just like that. There is good, interesting sort of work to be done in the kind in base, you know, in a, in an area that could be called men's rights. If it weren't for all the people on the internet calling themselves men's rights activists, being so <laughs> awful and so wrong about everything, like there are interesting political movements to happen in the area of masculinity. But like getting women back in the war. kitchen is not one war. of them. Yeah, hmm? We just need do. a proper war. That's yeah. what we need. <laughs> but. Based on gender lines, based no, on no, we just just give something men something to do. <laughs> <laughs> they're bored, poor fellas. Uh, they, 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 this thing that people do where they get where they're unemployed and then do nothing, I find that really difficult because to me, unemployment is a sort of magical, wonderful gift 
that allows you to do anything you like and you know that there is the kind of especially now that almost everything is available for free without breaking the law that much and the, the sheer ability the sheer it's... scope of things that one could do with time yeah. and yet unemployment seems to be something that leads people to sit on their sofas and do nothing all day which I just find an incredibly depressing thing because I you know, the, the belief was in, in um, like, like the Timothy Leary and the kind of smile revolution and all that stuff the belief was that if you took away work and gave people leisure then they would invent things and they would, they would spend all their time creating wonderful things and that work was a burden which needed to be shirked off which I believe really to my core and maybe that's why you can you can engage with that kind of lifestyle in a way that other people who feel very strongly they should be working or that they aren't currently bringing well, the, the money is, that needs, I, they need yeah, to provide or but then I, but I hate every false consciousness argument I, I just think it's the, the this root of most bad things in the world is the idea of false consciousness and I hate it every time it's expressed in any form and yet maybe I'm falling into that trap of going oh yeah well you know if it wasn't for this Protestant work ethic then people would be doing things and it's just they've been brainwashed because uh, I don't believe people have been brainwashed and that's something I really strongly think is that I don't think people have been brainwashed and that I have to accept what people do mm-hmm. as what they want to do and that should be my assumption until shown otherwise I think so I have that real difficulty but I really find it diff- I don't I can't cope with the idea that people who are unemployed do nothing but yet increasingly that does seem to be what people do men especially men, from your yeah, work they seem to be like they don't have a job and so they just like Drink. atrophy yeah. whereas really that to me my my belief system says if you don't have work that should be the point where you start creating but apparently not maybe I'm just wrong about people well I don't I think it's a bit, probably a bit of a generalisation <coughs> generalization to say that it's all people who are unemployed I mean like you know, no, I know. I'm not. I'm not saying it's all people yeah. unemployed because I know plenty of people who are who don't do that. Yeah. But the fact that there are people like the, the fact that that is something that happens and definitely does happen. I think it was well, there was a program, wasn't it? And there was a guy who was like, "Well, you know, I've got nothing to do because I haven't got a job." And I was like, "Ah, <laughs> why don't you?" I don't know. Like, right, like Morrissey on the one show said, "Why don't you do a painting or something?" Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, do a painting, like, man. Do, uh, anything, anything. Don't watch it. Turn Jeremy. Do, do a painting of Jeremy Kyle. Do a painting of Jeremy Kyle. Exactly. Yeah. A portrait of Jeremy Kyle. <laughs> Paint all the people who go Someone on Jeremy buy that Kyle on the internet. with a bit of makeup on because you know they're on television. <laughs> Why don't you wear a bit of makeup? Mental. Well, they're not allowed to wear makeup on Jeremy Kyle because they've got poorer. to look more grim and yeah. He does help him though sometimes. He helps him out sometimes. Because when I was 17, I thought that I believed in that whole programme for government that was outlined in all the Robert Anton Wilson books where you would um, give a massive cash stipend to anyone who could design themselves out of their own work and and you'd have this sort of thing where people's intelligence would be squared as a result of life extension and space migration and that and everything would be just brilliant now. And I really... I totally believed all that. And I still sort of do, but I really want to, but people are disappointed was that your other question I don't know my other question was um, isn't it the worst thing about Buffy when they say theorem when they mean theory (laughs) see I'm so familiar with the musical episode they say theory in that one yeah but in earlier episodes like uh, someone like I think Giles says I I think no it's usually Sandra who does I think we go like ah I want to test that theorem but because like, oh. when Giles comes back, he says, "I'm going to test that theory." But like, yeah, there's a thing, especially in the early episodes, they keep saying theorem, and it's like an is example just... of like Buffy speak. But that's not what theorem means. No, is that just like a is that just like a Whedonism? That's just like yeah, yeah. it's something that he's kind of thought. Hey, teenagers would probably say that, <laughs> but they don't because theorem theorem doesn't mean that theorem is something which is proved true forever. 
Like, the only reason that teenagers talk like Joss Whedon characters is because they've been watching Buffy. It's not the other way around. Yeah, I think that's probably true. <laughs> but that probably improves teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. But teenagers don't watch Buffy anymore. What do they watch now, teenagers? Yeah, you're closer to them than us. Because <laughs> you're, technically you're in another... Ge- all of you are in another generation to me, apart from me and Nick. Me and Nick are Generation X and you're not. I'm not quite Generation X, though I am in Outlook. 1981, suppose, is the cut off. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you are millennials and we are Generation X, which means we look down on you. Yeah. What does millennials mean? Are we the ones with no attention span? That means you're all self-obsessed. Okay. Self-obsessed. Complaining, expecting everything to be handed to you. <laughs> 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 We're not terrible. <laughs> it's that. It's, it's that. It's being self-obsessed, um, ex- considering yourself special um, and that you have a right to be fulfilled, whereas Generation X doesn't believe that. They think they, they will find fulfilment outside of the mainstream work that they do whereas millennials tend to believe that they will that, that their work will be the thing that fulfills them whereas generation x see day jobs as something separate to their life exactly That's like how that. you were just talking about it because yeah. you're so characteristic of i'm very generation considering i'm right at the end <laughs> whereas you probably completely disagree don't you <laughs> disagreement is good on a podcast. Oh, yeah no i'm yeah. just trying to think if i haven't i just i just think i just think that the whole kind of like Generation X millennials thing is so much bollocks that I can't really quite even dredge up an opinion on it. I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah, well, no, but no, it is, there is something in it though, which is that if I look at pictures of myself before the age of five, mm-hmm. it's like looking at another country, and that's not true for people. It's not true for my brother. No, that's like, true. Like you look at the, you look at me in this, these brown faded photographs where I'm wearing like brown knitted clothes and like yellow yeah. stripes and things and it doesn't like, look like England it doesn't look like England does now a fixed point in history where that cuts off or is it yeah, about our distance from it no, so it's like 1981 if, no, genuinely is a, there is a clear difference like you look at people who are dressed like because the clothes is a whole different level of what people were wearing in the 70s mm. children what? were not some people you dressed in fashionable clothes and that changed so oh, it okay. is there is a clear cut off in so, that as a kind of mass production of, of of kind of kids' fashion, basically. Well, you dress children like children. When I in, this, in in when I was sort of up to the age of five, you dressed children like children. You didn't you didn't matter what clothes they wore. Their clothes were there to prevent their skin from coming into contact with the air, and mm-hmm. that was it. And that definitely changed. So as a result, I looked like this sort of ridiculous brown, <laughs> like you know, infant bear of some kind. Whereas like after that, everyone's got like you know clothes, like recognisable mm-hmm. clothes. Yeah. But I think, and, it, and the country just it looks, looks different. Like flares don't exist, and people don't have the, that kind of awful seventies haircut. And those people on like Bullseye, who are like they're there and they're fifty, they clearly are fifty-year-old men with lines, and they're like, "I'm eighteen. <laughs> like that doesn't that there is a there is a line, I think. No, fair enough. Yeah, there's a sort of connection to the the really really awful days that were before Thatcherism. <laughs> which is what I'm basically saying, isn't it? The Thatcherism came along and fixed everything. Well, that obviously didn't, but it kind of it, it was a clear change. I was born on the day that Thatcher celebrated her first birthday in power, and uh, I'm proud of that. <laughs> it's not because I'm not because I sort of credit Thatcher in a sort of positive way, but there is a definite change mm. that occurred, and, and, and you can be born on either side of it. And I, I think that's why there's a 1981 is the cutoff. So it does make some sense, I think. So why are you so uh, obsessed, self-obsessed in that? <laughs> it's, 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 well, it's the internet, isn't it? You know, it's destroying our attention spans and making... Has it destroyed your attention span? I don't know, that's what he says. I think well, that's I'm asking you. I think Sorry, if you can't pay attention to the questions. 
I don't know, I've read so much about <coughs> it, I've just kind of got bored of reading about it, but, like, there's... There are arguments that it makes you better, like, you you know, you, you not being able to focus on one thing for two hours maybe is a thing that people are getting less good at, but it's also maybe a thing that people need to do less, and actually, mm-hmm. you know, they're just, they're just, you know, that actually kind of knowledge is changing, because you no longer need to kind of keep a whole list of facts in your head, you just need to know which Wikipedia article you saw the list of facts on, I so you can get yourself true. back there. Mm-hmm. So it's actually... Like there is a, cha- it is you know people who are saying like oh no it's terrible everything is going to shit is probably just because, you know it's it's the same as people being like oh no the printing press is going to destroy literature forever because anybody's going to be able yeah, to read absolutely. it it's just it's just it's change and I don't think you can kind of prejudge it as inherently as well, it's obviously going to be bad. Probably change the way we get to answers for things. Yeah. Well, you could say that it's not you're not keeping information in your head anymore because you have access mm-hmm. to it. But at the same time, the fact that you don't have to means that you can move on and get to the next mm-hmm. level and I think that's prime well, it's amazing it makes, you, it makes you a cyborg doesn't it Basically, yeah. if, you're, if you're outsourcing brain function yeah. you are a cyborg yeah. that's pretty cool yeah. that's like, not a bad thing yeah. that's great so yeah. like in the same way that like the beginning of kind of like like academia and scientific discourse meant you didn't need to kind of it wasn't like every gentleman scientist in his basement starting from scratch you could like read somebody else's paper and yeah. think hey that was a good idea I'll build on it yeah. and it's just kind of like if all of knowledge starts to become like that then presumably we can Quote, standing on the shoulders of giants yeah. supposedly that is him slagging off Robert Hooke for being a midget <laughs> supposedly the quote <laughs> if I have seen further it is by standing on the shoulders of giants is it Hooke? I think it was Hooke but Newton, like, he was this another scientist who was feuding mm. with Newton at the time who was kind of a deformed midget of a scientist and um, yeah Newton was basically taking the piss <laughs> just going oh well it's been standing on the shoulders of giants like him over there. Oh, I yeah. have no idea. But that's it's disputed. Oh, it's disputed. Okay. But there is there is a that would make quite a funny joke. It's probably seventy percent likely to be true. It's history. You can never tell history yeah. in that, that era because it's all you know yeah. hearsay and stuff. But like it's, that's quite likely because mm. uh, he was. I think is it, I'm, I'm, if I've got the name wrong, I think it's Robert Hooke. But he like measured London. I walked around London with a trundle wheel, not a trundle wheel, but whatever they had, yeah, yeah. and um, and, and measured it and rebuilt it after the fire. And it was this this huge undertaking. But he was he was a d- deformed kind of sh- very short man, and then yeah, Newton was just a bit of a dick. <laughs> Should we have a bit more music? What from Nick? Yeah. Well, we want to talk to Nick about what yeah. what sort of Tell music it is he does. Music. Tell us about your music, Nick. What sort of music is? It? <laughs> I don't know. I I write a few songs and not very many, um, considering I'm now thirty something. I've written about ten songs. That's about the right but number. I've, but I've finished about three. This is the Salinger of the music. Okay, thank you. Um, so yeah, I, I just I don't know. Just write silly little songs. Like Actually, they're not. They're amazing. Well, I think because like Les, I love Les's songwriting um, in Abdi Jaffer because he just sort of write. Because whereas Jim's trying to save the world, Les just writing about a nice day he's had in his garden. And I yeah. sort of prefer it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, you know, I do try and write songs. I have all these ideas for songs that I want to write, but I just end up writing little pop songs about <laughs> not much. Nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Do you so, want to play one? I play one. Yeah. Tell so you what, just, just aim that guitar at that microphone okay. a little bit and turn around a bit. Okay, so this is called Cool Green Shade. <laughs> Don't 
worry, don't worry, focus on the leaves getting down to the breeze. I'm happy, I'm happy. Birds singing, birds talking Maybe we can learn a little lesson for free Just listen, just listen to me It's kind of history Just listen, just listen And then I went to school and every day of the week No talking, no talking to me I learned in history that we keep it all in Never ask a question cause a question is a sin
I think I missed that lesson, what they told us. You don't remember that <laughs> with uh, Mr... What was that teacher with the curly hair? Did you have him? I don't know. Mr. Uh, Whitby was teaching history for a little bit. Mr. Whitby? Yeah, he's a history teacher as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think I missed the lesson we were telling us not, not to... Not just say <coughs> Yeah. That, yeah, it's all true. Is it? It doesn't just oh. rhyme or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's really good. So that sort of thing. I should get yeah, you to awesome. um, play guitar sometimes as well. Maybe. But then who will play the bass? Well, I can play the bass on the piano, can't I? For some of the no. songs. Like. No, I do enjoy playing bass. I don't, I yeah, you're a bassist, don't you? Like, fundamentally. Well, I started off as a bassist, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm probably best at bass. Totally instrument. addicted to bass. <laughs> 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 whoa, whoa. Bass. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I can't really. I've never been. Able to, I've never been quite mastered the, the proper controlled finger picking. No, that's well, the only neither. thing I was good well, at on the guitar, the plucking. Really? Yeah. No, you're quite good at playing. Um, when when you tune it all to one chord. I can <laughs> play Blackbird. Oh, really? But I have to tune the D down or something. That's cheating. Well, that's just how I got taught, man. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. That's like playing. Um, what's it? The, the police song, every breath you take while tuning it down, mm-hmm. which I think they. I don't know. Do you, do you think they tune that down when they recorded that? I've seen on the videos, and you're doing it like with this is really. Yeah, I would do it on the video. Mm. <laughs> go, oh yeah, oh I played that. It was really hard, <laughs> but it's really hard to play. You need to kind of you need to stretch across like really these, long these, fingers. Yeah, but uh, but, you know, but if you tune it down, it's really easy to play. Mm-hmm. And I think they probably tuned it down in the studio, and yeah. then and then he did it for the video just to make people think he'd done it. Though he is the sort of person who learns. Like the loop, so it's hard to know. He's good. He does some beautiful things. Does Sting? Yeah, I really like Sting. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible because I don't want to. It's not. It's not. It's bright. not like with um, Rod Stewart where I unashamedly love him. Um, but with Sting, I kind of feel a bit ashamed about loving songs by Sting because they're oh, you know, you know what's the one that I really like that's terrible. <laughs> Narrowing it down. <laughs> All the songs by Sting. No, the one Fields um, of Gold. Yes, Fields of Gold. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's awful, isn't it? Uh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. 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 Well constructed song. But yeah. he's, like, he's good at he's good at the maths of it. Definitely, mm. like all the different timings. And well, that. I like because people sort of I like the way that Newcastle sounds like Jamaican. You know, it's, it's a kind of psychogeographic connection. Yeah, that when you sing in a Newcastle accent, it sounds like works with reggae. I thought it was an interesting mm. thing he found out there. Um, so. I was going to talk to you about fandom a little mm. bit because you know loads about that, and and we have written a, we wrote a song in two thousand and five about Harry Potter because I wanted to be in on the wizard rock craze, and now th- that has come back to bite me in the arse <laughs> because people have noticed because, that you did it because people who know that I did that have, have noticed that they can pay one pound fifty and get me to play it on a podcast when I really don't want to. So. Um, so what, what do you think about that? <laughs> yeah. Well, I like you. You keep saying that you know it's embarrassing and you don't want to do it, but I just I sort of I gave up on 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 embarrassment quite a long time ago, and probably growing up in fandom helped with that because I just grew up on the internet, surrounded by all of these people who were just so unashamedly geeky about the most random things, yeah. and it was just really kind of 
joyful I sort of you know I kind of really quite early on got over any sense of like oh you like a thing that I don't like that's weird and it's actually I love being surrounded by people who are talking about a thing that I have no clue about I've never seen this show or I've never like read this Mm. book but they are clearly so excited about it and have like such great ideas about it and I just I find that really I love it the reason I'm embarrassed is to be honest probably because I think I could have done it better (laughs) not even that I think it's just because it's that narrow kind of 2005 thing um of being very appropriate for the time because I genuinely believe that Wizard Rock was one of the very few number of worthwhile genres and I'm not joking people think I'm joking I genuinely think that because of this art brute aspect as in the the movement not the band as I (laughs) always have to explain but do I need to explain that? probably not to you to the podcast yeah podcast people would do you know what do you know the art brute movement? I've looked it up because of the band right because it's really good the art brute because they've got a museum in Lausanne, Switzerland which is one of my favourite galleries. It's probably my favourite gallery in the world because mm. it's all just things done. But but the, the, but the main point of it is is that they collect art from um, like mentally ill people or kind of or criminally insane people or people who uh, Henry Darger being the famous one, a caretaker of a school who no one ever went in his flat and then he died and they went in his flat and found this insane quantity of art. And it's all because it's art with no thought for an audience mm. and that being the purest art. Whereas this wizard rock thing. Mm. Well, I think it's it's I think it's it's not quite no thought for an audience. It's either it's either depending how you look at it. It's either a very specific audience, mm. and so kind of like in that way that you know, want, in that way that kind of comedy can be funnier the more specific it is. That's why kind yeah. of like in jokes and stuff happen because like the more, and so kind of I Fortune. feel <laughs> quite possibly it's not yeah. one where I spend a huge amount of time. Right. <laughs> um, or whether it's just about not being for financial gain is the is the difference between. I've been on I've been on four channel over nine thousand times. <laughs> okay, so even, uh, even I get that one. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I just interrupted you. I have no idea what they're talking about either. Over nine thousand is a meme, but I have no idea where from or why okay. a film or something. Four channel. It's from it's from an anime. Okay. Goes, over nine thousand, and then they yeah. Sorry. Just I'm kind just, of, I'm just, <laughs> I know what pedo bear is. Yeah, you love pedo bear, don't you? Yeah, I love pedo bear. I like pedo bear. Do you know what pedo bear is? No. I can, I, I know that I can, I can picture the <laughs> little. Fine. Yeah. I explain pedo bear. Pedo bear's good. He loves little girls. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why don't you have a seat over there? Um, yeah. Sorry, we actually are in the middle of an interesting answer, which I've just derailed by talking about pedo bear and over nine thousand. Well, that's 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 the internet. That's our attention span in the age of the internet. You know, what can you do? Well, I can try and get you back onto it. <laughs> but I'm being made tea. That's more distracting than. Yeah, I think we Standard. should just do all that on the podcast. <laughs> we actually we, we haven't got much time, but because I think what I was trying to get to with this Wizard Rock thing is because for those that don't know, Wizard Rock was this thing that happened in uh, 2000 where people started. Like, like, I think it's Harry and the Potter stuff, uh-huh. and then Draco and the Malfoys. Is that? Do you remember? I remember. Harry, I don't remember Draco and the Malfoys specifically. Like I wasn't. I was. I didn't sort of hugely see it all happening. Right. I, um, I'm, I'm aware of it as a general thing. Well, they kind of started. They were just writing songs from the perspective of the, the Harry Potter yeah. characters. Did it? And, you know, actually, usually really kind of like Jonathan Richmany, mm-hmm. like punky, but like half written sort yeah. of thing. But then, you know, and then and I think Draco and the Malfoys had the classic, "My dad is rich and your dad is dead." <laughs> um, it's a great, great. Yeah, song. It's like there's like the comedian circuits who do a similar sort of thing, but for Doctor Who, and right. so like, and then yeah, there's there's quite. I'm sort of vaguely aware of it as a sort yeah. of beyond Harry Potter, just into sort of fandom right. in general. But because what I thought was amazing about it was that so they basically these kids were just doing, they were just doing it as a laugh, you know, it's mm-hmm. like the kind of way that you know you'd start a band when you're like twelve as a joke, mm-hmm. and they were doing that, and then because it was Harry Potter and it was like tied to this enormous mm-hmm. thing. 
they started getting booked for these like nationwide US tours, like in libraries. So there was like this, ge- but what it was, it was a genuine grassroots guitar music, yeah. entirely fan driven. So fans of the bands were entirely mm-hmm. doing these tours, not of rock clubs, of libraries. So completely outside the music industry, yeah. there was this money making like commercial enterprise which is just like you know that is the the essence of like punk i mean because punk isn't about the sound it's about doing it and and so to me like that i just thought that was amazing and me and julia tried to join in but we were a bit old so i don't (laughs) don't think we quite got the tone right because you were saying the other day about about Mm -hmm. the just this remixing and how interesting that was which i wanted to bring up again remind me well you were talking just how how's you seeing people kind of Creating endlessly within these, within fandom. Don't whisper. Just out and out discuss the tea on the podcast. Sam, did you want tea? I I'm all right. I will have some after the podcast. <laughs> and Emma, just milk. Just milk, thank you. Just so Emma has milk and no sugar. Julia, what do you have in your tea? I have lots of cream and lots of sugar. Because she is Mr. Wolf. Yeah. She doesn't like cream or sugar, but she likes Mr. Wolf. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I keep being distracted from this question by the thought of tea. It's That's not that terrible. important. It was just we were saying, it was something interesting you were saying the other day to me about um, the the way that fandom with this in, immense amount of work that mm. was being done just from other people's just what what previous generations would have considered other people's property. Mm-hmm. Um, and where do you think about that? Think because that, I don't yeah. at all. And I, I'm interested. Because I don't you think. Because when you say like previous generations would have considered it somebody else's property, but I don't think it actually goes back that far because I think it's right. actually it's, it's a sort of copyright law thing this, you know, yeah. this idea that like you know you write a book and that's your thing and if some you know and if and like you know Anne Rice comes along and sort of like starts suing people for having a fan site that says Lestat on it yeah. like that's a new thing because like when you think of, I, I, I can't believe I'm going back into like literary history again I know sod all about it but like you go back to like like you know Shakespeare or something and you're like well obviously obviously this plot is lifted from here and those characters are lifted from there Absolutely. and this is an homage and that is you know and it's and that's not because because like these people are like bad writers or they're plagiarists. It's just because that's how the literary canon worked. Yeah, yeah. just and like we were saying about science. You, you yeah. use the, you know, you read the, you read the journal where someone else has done something and then you build on it. Exactly. Really. And that's something that specifically can be traced back to the introduction of copyright law as a yeah. as a method of social engineering in the early nineteenth yeah. century. No, I mean I can't I can't remember either who said it or exactly what it is. But there's a really lovely quotation about kind of fan fiction and how it's kind of it's sort of this kind of natural response when our kind of our sort of folklore is is kind of owned by corporations instead of by people and it's 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 actually kind of inevitable in a in the sort of given the kind of the way that intellectual property and copyright law is working at the moment yeah well i mean it's like you're the the in order to communicate you need a common language and a common mm-hmm. understanding and if your common understanding is mediated entirely by you know reference to Buffy it, it is it replaces religion I mean it used yeah. to be that everyone had read the Bible now most people haven't read the Bible but they have all seen certain TV shows and yeah. so in order to communicate you need to inhabit that space you know, no, I, I think there is a lot in common with kind of with religion in terms of like it being like kind of using a, a given text as a sort of filter through which to understand the world and yeah. that, and that sounds implausibly wanky that you can no, like, treat the goblet of fire as the same as the bible I but in, think it's you know in, i think we've justified that yeah, yeah but that's kind of that is kind of how i see it that people are, are you know are choosing their own texts that speak to them and using them to kind of understand the world and i think that's awesome so yeah. do i yeah, I, it's brilliant. So, I think the whole harry potter thing is brilliant it's wonderful but any text any kind of yeah. cultural text that people are using like, yeah. it, do, it does replace the bible and that's really good I think we're probably out of time, yes, which are. means it's time for me to ask Emma if people want to give you money for things that you do 
um, to attend cabaret mm. performances and so on. Edinburgh's over, but mm-hmm. we can't go to that until next year, probably. Yeah, no, we're, we're, we're yeah, no, we're kind of we're we're kind of um, post Edinburgh, um, starting to t- starting to, to to gear up and think about what we want to do this year. Um, but we've got a website, um, lashings.org, and um, there's lots of like there's mostly free stuff on there actually. Like you can watch us on on YouTube and and got a big blog loads of stuff on there um if you want to, to hear more about all of the little bits of politics that i've just sort of thrown in and as a side throughout this podcast there's loads of that on our blog um no, and at some point we will start doing gigs again yay gigs Yay. well we shall we shall mention it <laughs> when you do no <laughs> no you. dates currently planned so. no okay but lots of things on the website yeah. La- lashings.org yeah okay and nick can people give you money for music you've made well i was thinking about this like can i you know, release some stuff on your little Yeah, label. anyone can. <laughs> so how do I go about doing that? And it's just, just sign up and you upload and you put a picture up. So, and if you okay. have any technical problems, you contact the technical help people. Which is Julia. Me. Right, okay. Yes. Yeah, well, I might do that. Because, yeah, I don't really have anything for sale as mm. yet, but, yeah, I'll do that then. But even if you put up demos, people like to hear demos. Uh-huh. And, they, you know, they might give you a quid for it. And that's the thing, that's the, that's the brilliance of it, really. Yeah. Is that quite often people do want to give you something and not giving them the opportunity to is kind of silly. So I'm always, yeah. always having to explain this to people. Like People like to give you something because mm. it feels good to them. It feels like it has value then. So on the basis that you will do that, yeah. how would people follow Otherwise, your activities yeah. to find out? You can, you can find you me on the internet if you search for Nick Koss Music, all one word, N-I-C-K-K-O-S Music. And then I'm there in various forms. So do that. Follow Nick. Go to Emma's website. Yeah. And we don't know what's happening because it's October, the middle of October. Anything could have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, that is probably our podcast. I think today. it is. Yeah. Come and see our band in December. Come and see the Indelicates in December. Come where to you the can Camden you can yeah. interrogate Nick and Emma in person about their <laughs> about their beliefs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like Emma's beliefs. I think they're, they're, they're more in tune with mine than I might have previously suggested. Based on today. Yeah, I'm pleased. Awesome. Goodbye! Bye-bye! Bye!